Let's kick off another episode of the World Series of Politics podcast, where Brendan Bussman and Brant Iden march down the field on key political, legislative, and regulatory developments in the gaming sector. As these titans square off on the issues facing the industry, this podcast highlights the current opportunities and challenges for expansion and reform. Let's see what the game plan is for this episode of the World Series of Politics. Welcome back to the World Series of Politics. I am rejoined by my good friend, colleague, and gaming expert extraordinaire, as well as superhero, uh, the dynamic duo Cape Crusader, Brant Iden. Brant, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, it's great to be back. And that's right, the, the tag team is back again. And we are, here we are. And uh, I was uh, so disappointed to not be able to, to join you all at ICE this year. But uh, alas, there were so many things moving here stateside. I was uh, called up to another state, but I want to thank my good friend, Robin Harrison, for filling in for me. Uh, and it sounds like you guys had a great time. I, I talked to a lot of folks that said the conference was absolutely phenomenal this year. Uh, highest record turnout uh, that that they've seen. Um, just amazing. It just shows you that once again, how resilient this industry is and that we are back and, and back better than ever after the pandemic. But you were there, Brendan. So, No, I, I was there and I will tell you, it was a phenomenal show. Uh, 40,000 plus. Uh, you know, we definitely missed you on the, on the set of, uh, of ice and, we had some great uh, guests along the way to talk about things going on here in the U.S., things going on in LATAM Lat and, uh, and also in Europe. And it was, it was a phenomenal show. We missed you. Uh, and obviously, as you so eloquently said, duty called over here, uh, as opposed to other people that said they were at the show and even though they never showed up uh, and started writing rap songs about it. But that's a whole different story. Uh, as it relates to everything. But, you know, let's focus back on what's going on in the industry because there's a lot of movement, um, especially here in the U.S. We'll get into some of the things, you know, internationally, uh, hopefully at our next episode, just to catch everybody up. But, you know, sports betting is, is alive and well. We've seen bills and actions between Minnesota and Oklahoma. Um, but let's start first with with Missouri, you know, the, the perennial state that's been at this at this point the longest. What's the latest that's going on there? Well, you're absolutely right, Brendan. This is the most action we've seen uh, in a couple of sessions, in my opinion, in terms of bills being introduced across the country as it relates to, to, to just gaming in general, whether it be sports betting, iGaming. Uh, we're seeing a lot of movement out there just in terms of bills being introduced. Now, what gets across the finish line at the end of the day remains to be seen. But Missouri is one of those states that we have been watching now for the better part of five years, I think, four and a half at least, now coming on five. And I will tell you, um, you know, once again, the bill's uh, moving in the House. Uh, we've had committee. Uh, it's the same bill that we saw last year from Representative Haugs. And, uh, you know, this bill gets over to the Senate, in my opinion. And then where does it go with Senator Hoskins? Uh, you know, we just don't know. Obviously, Senator Hoskins is... Um, been just a, a consummate champion of the VLT machines. Uh, we know that this is his priority and we know that uh, he's filibustered on this before. And is that where we go again this year? And I, ju I just don't know. I I'm, I'm uh, unfortunately not super confident, but I've been hearing good things in Missouri. What have you been hearing? Well, I, I would agree with you. And, you know, I go back to the and obviously you were on another side of the of the aisle when this happened. But I remember being at 
one of the first sports betting hearings in Missouri when we were still talking about uh, those evil things called integrity fees uh, back in the day. Uh, but, you know, it shows how much, one, how long this debate's been going on, but two, how teams and, and how they've been brought to the table saying, hey, we want this done too. Um, you're right off of this. This all comes down pretty much to the VGT issue, which, you know, you and I've shared back and forth some of the, you know, banter between the VGTs and the casinos trying to stop this uh, along the way. That said, I know that should VGTs pass, uh, you know, as you saw in, in Pennsylvania, and as you're seeing right now in, in Kansas, when some of these other options come open, some of these operators that opposed it jump in right away because they want a piece of it as well. Uh, so, you know, yet to be determined, I, I still, I would agree with you that Missouri still seems to be challenged, uh, in getting this done. I hope that's not the case. I know there's a lot of renewed interest in making sure this happens. I also, uh, as this podcast has, uh, has highlighted before, have a bottle of wine on this, that this gets done before North Carolina, which as we so talked about, still is waiting for a solution. Uh, this year. Duly noted. Duly noted. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I, I, I just want to make sure everybody knows that. And you also know that I did uh, off the bottle. I did owe you. I did uh, own up to it and, and have yes, said uh, that's right. Yes, you did. You know, that's right. Wait, no, no, it's like that. I agree. You know, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in Missouri. I'm still optimistic it gets done. And I think one of the things that does it is I mean, other than other than, uh, you know, Nebraska, that's slow out of the gate, but they're moving finally on sports betting. Missouri's completely surrounded by it. So, uh, you know, how they want to go about it and do it's going to be anybody's guess. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of Chiefs fans that wanted to make some wagers this year that, uh, you know, had to cross over in Kansas when they uh, when they won the Super Bowl. So I'll tell you this. I agree. If Missouri gets it done this year, it'll be because of Patrick Mahomes. There's no doubt about it. Once, I mean, just, you know, deli Mahomes delivering uh, once again, and I was on the Chiefs this year. So a big shout out to Mahomes. And if, and if Missouri gets it done, then, then uh, Mahomes just should get another ring for that. All right. So we're moving, we're going to move on. <laughs> um, we're going to move get into NFL quarterbacks because, you know, that's a whole different story. <laughs> we're gonna move on to Georgia. Uh, we're gonna do a little rapid fire state by state today. Yep. Uh, Georgia is uh, hot. I mean, you know, there's a lot going on in Georgia. We've got a March 6 crossover date where a bill has to come out of the House, be over to the Senate for negotiation. They wrap up on March 30th, uh, which means that we have got a little over a month to see if anything happens in Georgia. And I know that you and I have debated this offline. Uh, we've got a little bit different position on this, but what do you think happens in Georgia? How do you think it gets done? Does it get done? And do you like the bill? Um, I'll say a couple things on Georgia because, you know, I, I go back to trying to get gaming passed in Georgia well before sports betting was even an option. This goes back into the, into the 2000s as it related to casino gaming. Uh, and trying to do a casino in Atlanta, which obviously still is is part of the overall conversation in general off of this. Obviously, the focus has been off of sports betting. And I think the biggest debate off of this is uh, not just who, who actually gets a license, but how they go about getting a license. Uh, and there's some conventional people that over the course of time have said, this is where we're going to debate, that, hey, just run it through the lottery and everything's good. There's those of us that have looked at this time and time again to say, hey, guys, the Constitutional Amendment's the safest way to do this uh, and most prudent way, at least from my perspective, to do it. Uh, 
Uh, and obviously, you've got bills on both sides off of this. Just a matter of what people think they can and can't get away with. I will say this. If they do take it to ballot, which is the way I still think it needs to go, you then have to go through a campaign, which is going to be uh, a buzzsaw in itself. And the industry better learn from its mistakes in Florida and California if it wants to get it across the finish line, because Georgia's a completely different market. Yeah, and, and you're not wrong about that. But as a former legislator, I will say this. It's the legislature's job to write the laws. It's the court's job to interpret them. If the legislature believes that this does not need a constitutional amendment, then then the legislature should move forward with however they deem uh, fit based upon their interpretation of it. And then it moves on. And then you see what happens from there. It's not the legislature's job to debate the constitutionality of this. As such, I will tell you that I do disagree with you. Surprise, surprise. The Constitution is very clear. It says it prohibits private lotteries, paramutuals, and casino gaming. It does not say that it that it prohibits an expansion of a new product for the lottery. This is simply a new lottery product. That's all it is, as we've seen in places like D.C., for example. These are just an example. (laughs) It's a lottery product. It's a by the way, it's a terrible product. It's a you know we we talked about that. It's not working well. They're not making any money with it. But it is a lottery product. That's simply all this is is a new lottery product. But again, it's it's you know this will go on and 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 be debated. But it's not the legislature's job to debate this. It's legislature's job to put in place the policies behind this, whether or not they make sense. And then if the courts weigh in, the courts weigh in. And I say that obviously wearing my former legislator. hat. Uh, and I would agree with you on the separation of powers argument that it is your job to do that. However, you have an overriding job to, to make sure that it is constitutionally applicable uh, in being able to do that. And I am trying to survive a court challenge that I guarantee will come from some group out there. Uh, you know, no different than what you saw in HHRs in Kentucky, uh, to try, try to throw those off. And why delay it uh, and just take it the right way uh, to be able to do it? And, you know, I, I would argue that you've seen an evolution as it relates to the legislative argument uh, to try to prescribe this a lot more than what you've seen in in the, the 2020 session, you know, and, and the 2021 and even dating back before that. Um, and I've had lawyers on both sides look at it and tell me one way and the other one telling me the opposite. So I think it's yet to be figured out. Uh, I guarantee there will probably be a challenge if it does go the non-constitutional route. Uh, and while it is a new product for the lottery, uh, you know, this is this is about as good as what Kila was in Kansas of trying to get around doing it, which is necessarily it works, but it's up for a challenge now. Uh, because of how things went back in 2007. So just do things the right way and get it done the first right way it should be. That's my thought always. Okay, so we'll agree to disagree on that point, but let's yeah. let's try on this one. Uh, do you think by the end of the month, by the end of March, one way or another, this gets over the finish line? I'm I'm pretty confident, actually. I think we've had this debate in Georgia. I would put this high on my list. I'm pretty bullish on it. I think constitutionality argument aside, the legislature does something by the end of March. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm still 50-50 only because I've been here last year. I've been here the year before, and I've been burned too many times that it comes down to about one or two votes on one house or the other, and it just doesn't happen. And I'm afraid somebody's going to sit there and say, I don't want to lose my race because of this, even though it doesn't matter. And I still think you're one or two votes short. 
Hello, North Carolina. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's move right along. Let's talk about New York. iGaming in New York. Uh, big conversation. Senator Adabo, once again, uh, you know, a huge advocate for the industry coming back, put put forth an iGaming bill. Little disappointing that we didn't see that obviously included in, in Governor Hochul's budget. Uh, what does that mean for iGaming in New York in 2023? Well, I think I think there's two things we need to think about when we look at this. The, the first and foremost is obviously the budget, uh, which is always what drives everything in New York. And I, and I say that from the standpoint of uh, they are one of the few states that took all of their drunk money from the feds and said, we're going to go on a spending spree and we need more uh, along the way. And so, you know, there's there's after everybody got all their free handouts, they're still the ones saying, OK, where's the next one? So you know, there's a shot with it knowing, hey, uh, we may need more money than, than what, what's out there. Now, that said, obviously, part of this is to go, you know, the latest pitch is, hey, we can use it to help support the subway, which if you go look at the, what, the, what Governor included as a related to the casino side of this, you know, that was where she put some of the money, you know, off of some of these fees that are supposed to come in from the downstate casinos. The other thing I will just say in general off of this is, and this goes back to the hearing that, that I know you were at at the end of January uh, that happened right before ICE, which is if you listen to that hearing, realize none of the money generated is that is all New York's money. That is not money that was generated by the industry. That is money that they are feel like they're entitled to. And there is going to be difference on how we actually get this done. And I hate to see iGaming suffer through what sports betting has gone through the last two years because the New Hampshire model never should have been recreated and it only got poisoned worse by what they did in New York with sports betting. So agreed to, to, to some of those points, look, a, a 30.5% tax rate that's being proposed is, is, is tough. Uh, and you know, at least this model that's been proposed by Senator Adabo is, is certainly more competitive. I mean, that's going to allow an access of, of 20 potentially market entrance. And maybe there's more of a discussion there, but I agree with you. Uh, on, on one of the key points you made, which is the the revenue debate will drive this discussion in New York. I mean, you know, by, by all fiscal analysis that I've seen on this bill, $475 million just the first year, potentially. That doesn't even include the $150 million in licensing fees. Uh, when you talk about um, whether whether we're in a recession, whether we're coming up on one, whether states need money, uh, you know, we can debate that all day long. But at the end of the day, this becomes a revenue discussion in New York. Uh, uh, and unfortunately not about taking a product that's already happening in the illegal market and putting uh, regulations around it, uh, which, you know, I, I talked about a lot, obviously when I pass legislation and talk about still the day as I go across the country, which is really where this needs to start is talking about consumer protections, but New York, this is going to be about revenue. We know that. And, and, uh, does the revenue argument drive this over the finish line? I'm not so sure it gets done in 23, but I think it sets up a great framework to potentially get this done in 2024. Well, and, and you're right on that, I, I will say, and, and not that I don't think we're far off and in, in, in disagreement much on New York, but the final thing I'll say off of that just in general is, you know, I wish more legislative uh, legislatures, let me say that, and legislators like you were, uh, looked at things of, let's look at this for the right reasons as opposed to a revenue grab. And that's what ends up being a problem half the time is when it's a revenue grab, it doesn't get set up right because it's all about the revenue and not about the means to, to get this set up right as an economic development 
and revenue, long-term revenue generator and setting up the industry right to succeed. All righty, we're going to move on. We're going to end New York there. We've got one more topic. I know we want to hit and we're coming up on our time, Brendan. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on federally. We've obviously seen a couple of different pieces of legislation introduced. The most recent talks about advertising bans uh, in the U.S., uh, labeling a gaming product similar to, to, to a cigarette type, type product, uh, alcohol product in terms of gaming bans. Uh, uh, and, and the federal government would like to see this monitored by the FCC. Thoughts on that? You know, uh, all I have to say is I think the federal government has one, a heck of a lot more important things to worry about than sports betting. Um, and I say that about the gaming industry. What got us to even have it sports betting out here was overreach by the feds as it came to pass. But, you know, this is a state's rights issue. Gaming has always been a state's rights issue. And, you know, and, and part of this construct out there and why you have the feds looking at it and you have states and what's coming up in some of the legislation locally is, you know, I'm going to go back to it, and I'm not asking for comment from you off of this. You have a prescribed narrative that never was denied out of a out of a paper out of New York that literally was a falsehood off of how this industry works and de- didn't do it right. So, you know, it's not one of those that we should sit there and look at bands. You've got a young industry that is doing what it can in its right way and adapting in the way that it needs to uh, and has done great things over the last four plus years. Having federal oversight over this would be, uh, literally probably the kiss of death to not only sports betting as it relates to this, but also, you know, as it further sinks its teeth into the rest of the gaming industry and f- potentially changes the way and scope that we, that the industry rolls forward from here. Well, I agree with you. And I will say this, you know, as it relates to this federal issue, I echo the AGA here. If the feds want to spend their time on something, look at the offshore books, try to, try to put a pin in what's going on in the offshore market, which is really where a great, amount of time that the feds could spend and really try to crack that on that, which would help the regulated market here in the U.S. grow. Brennan, great to be back on the show with you. It's it's good to be back. Uh, Robin, again, a big shout out to my friend Robin Harrison, who covered for me for the past couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, join us. We've got a very exciting, a couple very exciting shows coming up. I know we got some guests in the pipeline. And uh, thanks again for joining us on the BNB World Series of Politics. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Bussman and Brent Iden. We'll be back soon for the next coin flip. This has been an IGB production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.